0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
3: FDIC.
1: This is the rock and roll fantasy camp you've been waiting for. Celebrating forty years of Van Halen's nineteen eighty four, plus Rats Out of the Cellar and war. It's March fourteenth through seventeenth in Hollywood, California. Celebrate and perform the music of Van Halen, Skid Row, Rat, and White Snake with Michael Anthony, Sebastian Bach, Warren DiMartini, and Tommy. Aldridge. It's a rock and roll fantasy camp that you just can't miss.
0: Welcome to another episode of Rock Camp, the podcast. This is our fifth episode. They say when you make it to five episodes, you've you got a real show going on, huh? Wow. Well, all right. <laughs> well I'm Miles Schumann. I've been coming to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp my whole life. Britt Lightning, who is one of our counselors and the musical director at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and the guitarist in Vixen. you got a big resume there, Britt. David Fishoff, the founder and CEO of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we are giving away an electric guitar signed by Marty Friedman, formerly of Megadeth, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater, and Zach Wilde, the legendary shredder from Ozzy Osbourne, now with Pantera, and a bunch of rock star counselors from Rock Camp. So all you got to do is follow and rate and review the pod on your favorite platform. And to do so, you can go to rockcamp.com podcast. How are you guys mouth. liking doing the podcast so far? I think we're enjoying it. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I love yeah. it.
3: And I like that we go to different studios, have different atmospheres. Right.
2: And I, and I like the themes. And I think today's theme will be one that I'm really loving. You yeah. Know? And and that was really basically how Britt came up with the idea of doing a women's only Right. So, yeah, Britt, let's
0: just get right into it. How did you come up with the idea of doing a women's only rock camp? Well, yeah, I think well, enough guys bothered her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: through with them. I'm tired of all these guys. Of Four team days stuff.
0: just women, okay? Uh, that's our next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, but you know, uh, but I did, you know, start being a counselor at the camps and just seeing. Wow, there's a big difference between the amount of men and the amount of women that come to camp, and and why is that? You know, um, and the women that come have a great time. You know, there's still so many women that like the, these artists. So, so how come the the ratio is so off? And I really just thought about how I would feel going to these camps. And actually, you know, I talked to uh, Jennifer Batten, too, who did an online masterclass for us. And she had said, you know, she went to um, one of the guitar camps. She was like the only woman. And when it was her time to play, everybody was kind of like staring at her and like, like, let's waiting for her to fail, you know, like, let's see what the girl does, you know. And it's always like that. And she said she felt so uncomfortable. And I was thinking, yeah, that's exactly how I would feel. And that's how I have felt in the past, um, being on stage and, and jams and things like that and bands. I have I like playing in an all-female band because it's like a girl gang. And I've always, my first band I started was an all-female band. And I just love that feeling of camaraderie. And there's no judgment. Nobody's trying to like, you know, nobody's there for the wrong reasons trying to get in your pants or something like that. It's like, we're here to rock and we're serious about it. And, and, and that's it. No egos, no nothing. Like, let's just get the job done. Um, and so I thought... Man, if we could have a camp where there were no men, that it was just women all here for the same common goal of wanting to rock, sincerely wanting to get better in music, that it would just be amazing. And it would take away that intimidation factor and the thought that, ugh, I'm going to have to deal with this bullshit, you know. So, you know, and then David was like, well, if we only have, you know, maybe two percent of the camp is women at the regular camps, how are we going to fill a camp and sell out a camp? And I was just like, I just think the fact that it is all women, that environment will make more people sign up and make people feel more comfortable.
2: And the crew and the photographers and and the record producers. Yeah. Britt did amazing. She found a a record producer. You know, not a lot of those out there.
0: So who are some of the names that you got involved initially? I mean, I know you had Nancy Wilson and Orianthi at, at the first one, yeah, Melissa Etheridge.
3: That's right. Melissa Etheridge, Orianthi, Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's, mm-hmm. and Nancy Wilson, of course, from Heart. And the best part was as soon as we started telling people about this idea, they were like, I'm all in. They loved the idea Lonely of Stone. the They
2: wrote about it. So many of the of the media came out. It was fabulous. For me, it was fabulous because I didn't have to show up. No. no. <laughs> Although we had, we,
3: you were going to dress up as Dolly Parton, and yeah, I still yeah. want that to happen exactly. next time. Exactly. please. <laughs> no,
2: I, I thought the camaraderie was just incredible. And one mother you know, wrote to both of us and said, you know, my daughter was suicidal and you saved her life. And we had this young lady, Aspen, and her mom texted me today and just thanked me And to this day. She said, David, our best friends, we met there and you know how great her musical career is but this is really you it's what a tribute to you and for doing it and we want to do more of them because i really i think brit's right for women to feel comfortable it's some guy playing the drums and trying to impress somebody just to uh, pure music Go on. It was
3: great. It was amazing. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. People were really touched. People cried. If you were going to be so touched by an artist that you wanted to cry, I don't think a lot of people are that comfortable doing it in front of a bunch of guys either. So you could be really emotional and really at ease and really just... Feel everything that camp has to give you, and be open about it.
2: Your master classes were for women, you know, to really what it's like to be a woman in this business. And right, business they could be really and, tailored. And yeah.
0: yeah. How did the guys react to a women's only camp? I mean, there must have been people that wanted to come jam with Nancy Wilson
2: and Melissa. Well, I got Etheridge, a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Women's only. Okay. Someone uh, went that far. To oh, send a yeah. Wow. That was amazing. You know, women's only, and I'll dress up. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it was just very interesting. So that's when Britt and I came up with an idea to do a guy's, what do we call it? The hmm. man cave. Oh, yeah, the man cave oh, package. Yeah. We came did a man cave, cave package. package. Right. Where we let the husbands come and and we got them a separate location and Teddy took a band. Uh, Kip Derek took St. a band. And, uh, took a band and they worked with the guys. And then we, we even let them record. One of the band that we we, yep. we needed them to back it, to go into the recording studio to do the backline track, So we had them do that. And, right. and they loved it, too, because it was one band and they got the best rock stars and they had their own situation. And so they, the Man Cave package was quite a great package. But, you yeah, know, can't use the word only. But uh, I, I still think it was brilliant. And I'm really, really hoping we can do it again and get, in, get an artist to realize how great and how life-changing, how life-changing you can offer. You, you as an artist can give.
0: So Britt, I'm curious about this because, you know, at a women's only camp, you're dealing with pretty much an entirely different staff than normally comes and runs the camps and stuff. I mean, so it was kind of just you, even new counselors too, right? There's a lot of counselors that normally don't come to the camps, So it was kind of just you with experience in the rock camp realm on scene there. I mean, what was that like?
3: You know what? It was easy. Everybody was thrilled to be there. They were just thrilled to be a part. Like I said, everybody was excited about the women only thing because they are women in this business, and so they know how it's been. and And that's why I think Melissa Etheridge was so enthusiastic about it. Nancy's done prior camps, but this was the first women only. She thought it was so cool. She thought it was and, really cool. Um, She's and...
2: coming back in February, but right. I'll tell you, one of the highlights for me was you know usually when after a band performs at the Viper Room, where they perform at the whiskey, you know their bands, they celebrate and they don't usually. See They just want to go out and party afterwards. Not one lady left. They all stay to support every. I never saw.
0: That's
3: giving me chills again.
2: Yes. There to support
3: everybody. No, you're right. At every other camp, they're out
0: as soon as they're done playing. Yeah, Yeah. because,
3: and it could be more competitive in the regular camps. Not that it's meant to be, but it can kind of become that. And you're like, okay, we, we rocked it. Let's go have shots. Yeah, but this, everybody knew what everybody's journey was there. Everybody really got to know each other, very personal. And so they were there for each other. Everybody was there for each other. And yeah, and then at the second camp, we had Lizzie Hale, who was phenomenal. I just spoke somebody on the open house call last night who was just so moved by that camp and and now she's just coming all the camps. Winona
2: was amazing now now she's she's doing the voice and I thought Winona I, were I think
3: those master classes, for me personally, yeah. were the most inspiring ones that I've ever seen. They were yeah. just... And we had also had Vicky Vicky Peterson. Vicki Peterson from the she also
2: loved to come back. And, yep. and, when And I got... I came to meet Lizzie Hale. And I got to tell uh, you... Right, Lizzie Hale. She was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Her yeah, personality... She's never done a camp she, before. No, she's going to do... She, we're going to bring her back. We're going to bring her back. Yeah. Just, you know, but, guys but, want to play with her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. But, but she was... Yeah. She hugged me so hard and... And she said, "David, this is so incredible what you're doing." And she really made me feel good.
3: She made everybody cry in the room. Yeah. I think I was doing the Q and A with her, and I I teared up. I she was just very moving, very sincere. And I think that that's the main thing about that. It's such a safe place to say anything and not be afraid to talk about you know, feelings.
2: Should she come to Van Halen?
3: Oh yeah. Absolutely, okay. yes, Let's at her. yes, Let's yes, at her. yes.
0: That's a behind-the-scenes look. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> That's okay, it's yeah. good.
3: But yeah, we want to do these camps annually at the very least. So, oh, good. So uh, we're, we'll be planning one for 2024. Yes.
0: Someone like Lizzie Hale and and Melissa Etheridge. I mean, do you think they would have said yes if women's only wasn't a part of it?
2: I'm not sure. I think that Melissa Etheridge. She's a big, you know, she's quite huge. has a huge following. I think she was touched by that. You right. Know? and lizzie too i think that she was she was also touched by it so we didn't test it we just thought yeah. that you know i know nancy's done in camps you know both mm-hmm. ways and yeah but i think it stood
3: out to them like stood out like it them. you know kind of like brought their attention into it as they really they, they embraced
2: you know. it right yeah. they embraced it so much oh that's so and cool. i think
3: i think that's part of a female musician's job is to inspire other women because you know what you've been through you know how difficult it is and you want more women to to be in the in the industry so i think it's like Part of our purpose. Were
0: there any, I mean, how did the atmosphere differ? I know you said it was really supportive, but was there any more or less fighting or, you know, butting Hardly heads? Hardly any drama. Hardly no, yeah. any,
3: and I'm telling you, it's because of, of egos. And I mean, it's nothing personal to anybody but the male and female dynamic. You know how those work together. And so wh- what's the line from When Harry Met Sally? A Men and women can't be friends. There's no such thing as the, a, ma- a man and a woman can't be friends. If we're together, if we have a relationship, I want to sleep with you or you want to sleep with me. That's the way it is. Right. So, right. <laughs> so um, if you eliminate that, you know, and music is is a very ego thing, too, being on stage and the moves and the this and the that and the attention and the spotlight. So when you remove all that, then it really just it's comes down the to the music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So you said you want to do more of them. You want to do them annually. I mean, yeah, we're are talking- to a
2: few big stars now and try to convince them and convince the managers. You know, the, the big musician, music stars today, like Pink. I mean, she's doing stadiums, you know.
1: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
2: Dolly Parton is is huge. You know, we've made requests out to them. And, you know, it's not easy because you can only do 60 to 80 campers and you can't pay them what they're making, you know, doing arenas tours. But hopefully they'll see enough of it and they'll. They'll understand, you know, how they can make a difference in these musicians' lives. One thing you make a difference in in your fans' lives, like Taylor Swift's doing, but t- these are female musicians.
3: And when you hear, when you're a kid, like, you know, Aspen, talking about Aspen, you know, yeah. young teenager. When you hear from your idol, Lizzie Hale, that you can do it, and that was great, and I yes. believe in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that goes... That goes so far.
0: Who would be your dream headliner to have at one of these?
3: I would love Stevie Nicks to come in. I think that she has just so much wisdom and experience, that and that would, would be, be magical. Cool. Um, also would love Dolly Parton.
0: I mean, it's kind of interesting because you play in a genre that's dominated by men, so you must have grown up having a lot of male influences. Who were kind of your biggest female influences in the rock world?
3: You know, at the time, I started playing guitar because I heard Eruption, so I was very into Van Halen, which led me to the other 80s rock bands even though i grew up in the 90s and so i gotta say Lita and vixen ironically were like the two of the only you know real female artists in that genre at the time that i really look up to um that had guitar players so pretty interesting and
0: now she plays in vixen for those who don't know (laughs) that's full circle
2: (laughs) and the band the go-go's and
0: uh... And
3: yeah and the go-go's and the bangles but i mean as far as like the hard rock guitar playing stuff that i was into it was it was Lita and it was jan from vixen yeah and i want to really mention that
2: uh this upcoming nam Britt's being honored by a, a women's organization. Tell them a little bit about it. Oh, because, wow. Because of the work you did on the camp, they she stood out and they're going to honor her. Is that She NAM. Rocks? The She, Rocks, yeah. Awards. The she yeah, Rocks Awards. Yeah, yeah, and that's wow. going to
3: be happening this January 25th at Nam. They, they do their She Rocks Awards Oh, that's show. so cool. Yeah, and... I don't know if I can say this, but as a little sneak peek, I'm actually bringing up some rock campers to perform at the She Rocks Awards. That came a... to the
0: women's only camps or, or um, just that have been to camps no, throughout in time? General, yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Women's only camp, it's a genius idea, but it's part of kind of a bigger theme at rock camp. There's been a lot of specialty camps over the years. One of the biggest ones that we like to talk about is Abbey Road Studios, right? Abbey that Road one, obviously Studios. not women's only. That was back before we were doing that. How does an Abbey Road Studio camp come
2: up? I was driving with Ringo in in England in the car and I said, I want to go to Abbey Road Studio. That would be a place to do a camp. (laughs) 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 And so that's where I got the idea. I was driving with him and and I saw the people crossing the street. And then uh, I forgot Oh, I called a couple of the rockers. I got in to meet Abbey Road. and They had never let anybody in. No one got into yeah. Abbey Road. Yeah, no. You'd have to wait on the outside and not get in. And, and you couldn't even take a tour of Abbey Road. And, yeah. you know, unless you were recording there for a week, it was really exclusive. And then once I did it, I did it again. And they said, oh, this is a good idea. You know, we should do this. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you know, oh, now they're doing tours and now you can go to Abbey Road. And they decided to, you know, to open it up to the public. So it's easy to get access to it. But when I did it, no one was allowed. And I remember that camp, I announced it in England, and I, like I told you, what made the front pages, it was the Simpsons. You know, Homer's coming to England to go yeah. to rock and roll fantasy camp. The late John Lord contacted me, and he said, I love what you do, and I don't want money. He just I'm coming to do your camp, and I, it was great. I had you know, Nick Mason came, and Bill Wyman, he was amazing. He did both of them wow. to get Bill Wyman there. and uh, For me, it was particularly fun because he came on a Friday morning. And I asked him to come for three hours and you know jam with the campus, and he just was staying and one o'clock and he's jamming more and then he's doing the Q and a, and now it's five o'clock and you know and you know when the artist is there i'm I'm nervous, you know I want to make sure they're gonna have a great time. It's on my mind. And I said to Bill, I said, you know Bill, I'm, it's five thirty, you know the Sabbath starts and I'm gonna have to leave soon." He said, Tabitha's starting in Los Angeles. <laughs> what a great line. He, he was, I tried to get rid of him. I wanted to go home. He said, no, I told my family they're going away. And uh, I left. He stayed. He had a great time. And then he did it again. And it was just so cool to see, you know, Bill Lyme of the Rolling Stones. And he, he had it. And he came there. And Paul Carra came. And mm-hmm. I got a call from Randy Bachman, a my friend Randy so I hear you're in town. I'm going to come and mind if I come down and talk to the campers. I mean, wow. he did a, a music class. It was probably one of the highlights of my career, seeing Randy Bachman talk about, because I love to guess who, and to hear him talk about these songs and the stuttering and how he made fun of his brother and his friend, it was, it was quite an experience to be at Abbey Road Studio. You know, yeah, are in the commissary and right there was Martin and George Martin and, and, <laughs> wow. and his son. And, you know, you just saw these celebrities walking around and the guy was working on the McCartney chart and there. And everyone who got to come to that camp, they were lucky.
3: Britt, you
0: got to get him to do another one.
3: I know. Yeah. Well, wow. we did discuss one cool location camp, but it didn't It didn't happen. I don't know. if we We'll can find see. it. We'll
2: we, go. Whatever it is, we'll, well
0: find it. Well, you know,
3: yeah.
2: that's
0: cool because you get to bring in artists. I mean, it's hard to bring in artist from London. To the, I yeah. mean, we had Pete Best at a camp recently. He had to fly in from Liverpool.
2: He came all the way. His, his flight did, got canceled. So, so on, on those uh, Abbey Road camps that we ended up Sunday night, we did the final show at the Cavern, Cavern Club. Cavern Club. What was so cool is Spike Edney from Queen, we went up by train. Once we went by train, once we went by, train, we went by bus we did a video of we, all we did was um, sing Beatles songs all the way up and on the train. It was so cool it was really a great experience so we had some great footage and jack bruce i remember jack bruce showed up in a rolls royce i said jack what's that well you know i just got together with clapton and we just did a cream reunion he bought himself a rolls royce he made so much (laughs) money so i actually
0: pulled a clip of jack bruce at that camp i found an interview in the vault with him oh great so uh, we'll go ahead and listen to that now
3: you first appeared in front of thousands of people what was that experience like well i didn't first of all you, you you don't it doesn't happen that way you have to appear in front of maybe four people, four people. then you get 11 people and I remember with Cream I remember playing a place called the Psychedelic Supermarket in uh, in Boston and when we played there the first time I think it was eight people so even with that band you know it, it was like overnight success after a lot of struggle you know? so, so it's good you've got to do it that way anyway in those days you have to do it that way
0: when you're growing up and you want to be a rock star is that how you think it's going to go you just start a band and get to start playing to thousands of people. How does it actually go?
3: Yeah, no, not not exactly like that usually. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got you got to tough it out. I mean, I started my first band before all the social media stuff, so it was still grassroots. I mean, you go out there, you flyer. I miss those days, you know. You'd stand on the, you'd go to all the different venues, hand out flyers, go go stand outside when a club emptied out and give it to everybody leaving the club. You know, you had to really promote yourself, word of mouth, um, and then you had to prove yourself. So it wasn't like you just had easy access to thousands of people on Instagram, or TikTok talk, you know, you had to work it. You did have to play to empty rooms and then the word would spread. And so then, yeah, maybe the club size would double the next time. And but it, it, t- it takes a long time. Right.
0: And now if you have less than 10,000 Instagram followers, forget it.
3: Yeah. And it was hard to find the music. I mean, because we didn't have like YouTube and everything like that. I mean, it was handing out CDs and, yeah. you know, people had to actually listen and want to come to your show because I mean, they were curious, not because they already knew they liked it like they can today on social media.
0: David, is it ever possible to have rock stars like Jack Bruce and Roger Daltrey? Are we ever going to get that level of rock star in the future out of modern bands? A oh, lot of mm-hmm. modern bands. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Because I can't bring Jack Bruce back. No. <laughs> um, we can do a lot of things. Right. But the you
3: know, hologram camp. We we talked about hologram
2: camp. Yeah. You can jam with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but that level of rock
0: star. I mean, we'll never get that again. You
2: know. It, oh, well, uh, basically, what it is, it's the, the music industry was different. You know, the labels. You know, you recorded one song, one record, and did great. Everyone's freshman record is amazing because they've been thinking about that album their whole entire life. Now, mm. all of a sudden, they're asked six months later, okay, we want the second album. And they go, ah, uh, let me, we, yeah, well, you got to write another album, you know, you signed the contract, and we got a tour, so now all of a sudden you got to produce that second album, and it's usually not going to be as great as always the first one. Today's labels will say goodbye. We have so much talent. Back then, they stayed with them. You know how many of those bands, whether the Who, whether the Stones, with the, you name it. I mean, a lot of those bands, their second albums weren't great. You know, and mm-hmm. Kiss and everything. But the labels, they would stay with you. They would pick an artist and they would really work it, and they and they put their life into it, and they put the whole company behind it.
3: But what about the mystique, though, of the rock star? Like, because right. you know, I felt like personally when the Osbournes came out, I I didn't like seeing Ozzy in his pajamas. You know, eating uh, right. breakfast. But so that kind of was like, oh. I, you know, this is breaking it down for me now. The wall is coming down. You know, the the curtain comes down the and mistake, you see the truth. Yeah. And I think that had a lot to do with what, why a rock star was such this legendary rock star that was just untouchable
2: because you couldn't get near him,
3: right? You I
0: mean, there get were
2: no meet and right. Meeting right. right. Yes. You could
0: get
3: near rock
2: stars. And yeah. first of all, in all my years of touring, every time I toured with a band. We left after the last song. We didn't yeah. meet anybody. If you didn't like somebody, you left them a backstage pass. So right. <laughs> you know, we were gone. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Oh, can, can I have can I have can I come backstage? <laughs> oh, on that's show? <laughs> sure. I Sure. Mean, I mean, over the years we've left millions of backstage passes. That's <laughs> awesome. You got a nice pass. <laughs> right. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, the band left. They, they had to leave early tonight. You know? <laughs> they were gonna close the local airport. But what happened, the mystique of a rock star is you, you never see them you know and and they also sleep late yeah <laughs> you know yeah they're never around and they always go in the back door you know whenever we do a camp it's always you know but at rock camp they come to the front door they act as part mm-hmm. of the camp mm-hmm. brought up jack bruce before because i i really want to share something i had a very special relationship because i grew up and cream was my brother's favorite band and ginger baker i've talked about him and jack bruce to me represented my brother's favorite band and and i loved white room and i love sunshine you love and And it bothered me for years that everyone thought Eric Clapton, because he would do it in his concerts, that were his songs. And Jack actually wrote those songs, and he never really got the recognition. And uh, he wanted to be in Ringo's band, and we didn't let him in the first band. Why is that? we had rick danko and i think that ringo bumped into him once in an airport and ringo lives a very healthy life and jack didn't lead a healthy life Uh. and and he wanted to surround himself with musicians that uh, you know that were living that kind of life and so jack eventually got sober i went over to england to meet him make sure because if i was going to recommend the band then i had to make sure and i did that with all all the bands uh when i did with ringo i pre-interviewed them i wanted to know what they were getting into i really dug him because i really wanted to meet him and and I built a great relationship with him over the years. And he was so nice when I, when I did the camps. And he, right away, he said yes. And then when we did the Abbey Road camp, he said to me, you know, my daughter can really help you. And I said, what do you mean your daughter? Your daughter's going to be a mess. And no, I married a German lady, David, and she knows how to run something. She's <laughs> punklish, you know? And <laughs> and she was amazing. She ran the camp for me, his daughter. We keep in touch to this day. So Jack was amazing, and he did those songs, and he got it, and he did a bunch of camps for me. Well, while we're digging
0: into the vault, I found another, uh, and we mentioned Spike Edney from Queen. I found another clip in the vault at that camp of Spike Edney at Abbey Roads. and I think this was his first ever camp, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, Spike helped me get the counselors. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he put a great group of counselors together. And, you know, guys who work with him at Queen, people who work with Tom Jones. I mean, he put together... Cause Tom Jones is used in England. Knows the best musicians in England. He did a great job, Spike. Yeah, we Abbey Road. That was... Yeah. yeah. Someone told me, get hold of Spike Eddie. He did a fabulous job. And he built some great friendships himself. And he's been a regular at camp since. Yeah. He comes excited. back a lot. He, you know, yeah. he, he wrote to Brit and I and said, the Queen tour ends on one day and I can come the next day from Japan and I'll be there and <laughs> I'll be tired, but I'm going to be there. And I just... <laughs> I said, absolutely. If a guy wants to get off the road with Queen and playing arenas oh, and stadiums cool. in Japan and wants to come mentor rock and roll Fantasy camp, you're my hero. Yeah, let him. Yeah. We'll
0: go ahead and cool. play Spike's clip now. Amateurs was a little bit daunting in a way because you're taking over the teacher role. And you think, what can I possibly tell them that's gonna be of any use to them? As you find out, they're so, they're like sponges. You know, It must be how a kindergarten teacher feels. You know, you're making, giving out this stuff and they're soaking it up and they want more and more and more. And then you realize that you've got more and more to tell them. You know, you're one of the rock star counselors. You're the musical director at Rock Camp. Did you have reaction when you were first coming to do the camp? I mean, had you ever taught before? Was that scary at all? Here
3: and there, lessons, guitar lessons, but not coaching like a full band. But, you know, so it definitely was daunting. I was worried at first, but I I put myself back to my first band, Jaded. And I remember uh, uh, in our rehearsal space, there was a band down the hall that was older than us. Uh, They had been doing the, the band for a long time. And the lead singer came over, liked what he was hearing, and was a mentor to us and helped so much. And I actually thought of him. Uh, His name was Sam and uh, and he just came in and was just like our coach and he pumped us up. He gave us all these different tips and tricks and, you know, uh, you know how people see with their um, hear with their eyes, for example. So if you play a wrong note, don't make that face like, no, you just keep going and, you know, just simple things Uh, play in the dark because then you don't have to practice in the dark. You don't have to be glued to looking at your fingers, you know, just simple things like that. But that coaching and just somebody telling you can do it, that has the real life experience went a long way. And so um, I, I remembered all that. And I knew that then I could could do the same thing for others.
0: Moving on from the Abbey Road Studios camp, you continue doing specialty camps throughout the year. And since you've come on board, Britt, I mean, you know, they've kind of taken off to an even bigger level. You've done songwriters camp with Desmond Child in Nashville. You've done jam band camp where you partnered with Relics magazine. Uh, You even did a comedy fantasy camp, which has no rock and roll whatsoever. Jay Leno was there. The
2: jam band camp was quite interesting because we had the bassist phil Lesh of grateful dead wow and we had mickey hart years ago but i was for, for jam fan fans it was great we're looking to do that again but you know the other specialty camp over the years i called judith priest naturally you called the manager and i want rob Halford. and then rob's response was i want the whole band and i'll do the camp with the whole band so we did a judith priest camp and that was amazing and then yes we did an entire yes camp um, all the members of yes that was incredible and and then def leppard you know they were doing a a residency in, in las vegas and i reached out to their management and they they did a whole def leppard camp of oh, yeah. people just playing you know so i love when we get a whole band together and and do a theme camp for them. So we'll hope to do more of those too.
0: I've been to I think two of the Judas Priest ones and I mean they're a blast. The whole band comes, the manager is there walking around. I mean, you really kinda Jane get to great, spend yeah. time mm-hmm. with the band behind the scenes. Do you think you wanna do more of those in the future where you get a full band? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You know. And,
0: and we'll find them, too. What would yeah. be
3: your dream? Oh, band, God. Miles? Now you're putting me on the spot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> <done>. <laughs> Bring back Pantera. That would be a big one. Uh, if, you know, you could get Dimebag. Okay, and okay. Vinny. Living.
3: Come on. Real, Living, real one. Okay, real one. a real
0: one. We've had Gene and Paul. I think having them together would be really cool. All of Kiss at a camp would be really cool. Actually, I think we said last time when Tom Hamilton came to the camp in New York, that mm-hmm. marked all five members of Aerosmith have done camp. Yeah. How cool would that be to have all of Aerosmith at one camp? So I guess I'm, I'm going for the easy ones there to avoid not having any to say but <laughs> but i think yeah kiss and Aerosmith, or guns and roses you know mm. get slash and axle there together that would be all right now i'm okay, just going well, down the aisle. What,
2: what drugs have you been taking before camp
3: <laughs> i
2: mean uh you know you could pay the band a million dollars and then what do we have we have 60 campers 70 campers I, but i'll tell you a funny story i bump into eric clapton on third and in a coffee shop, one you morning. bump
3: into the most amazing. Yeah. Co- There's nobody else I know that bumps into people <laughs> like you do. Bump into Clapton, it's amazing. <laughs> I bump into Clapton.
2: You know, I'm behind him, and he's getting coffee, and I'm getting coffee too. And I introduced myself, and I, I said to him, oh, "One day, I got to get you to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp." I, you know, and I told the story about Ringo that Jack Bruce was in the band, and and Ginger was, was a fireman and living in Denver, and we stopped by, and and he stopped by to do the last song and joined the Ringo and. And Ringo gets up and says, you know, we have 2% cream. And I said, Eric, I could do this for you. And went to his lawyer and I said, you're doing these shows, the Crossroads shows, and you're renting the stadiums and you're paying all the expenses. And I don't know how much you're giving the charity, but I guarantee you, I'll get 100 people who will pay $10,000, donate the check right to your charity. You can make a million dollars to jam with 100 people and you could take the check home. That would be my donation to your charity. I still haven't heard back from him. But I did hear back, you know. But I'm saying, to to jam with Eric Clapton, that would be be huge. huge. So when you get a whole band to
0: agree to come to camp, I mean, do you just... You know, Rob Halford is obviously... Going to be so it's worth
2: it. No, Rob Halford wants the whole band. Right. If I'm going to do this, I want to do the whole band. I think yeah. that's great. So, but,
0: but my question is so, you know, if you have someone, you have Rob Halford and you have Richie Faulkner, Rob Halford obviously is going to, he makes a lot more money than Richie Faulkner. No, he does. doesn't. No, no. So you just no, pay everybody I, the no, same. No, I think,
2: I, I don't know their business, but, right. you know, when someone's in a band, full-fledged member, they all make the same. Wow. And they, they split it the same. I right? you know some people have that philosophy that, we're a band and we're going to split it. And, and you're a full-fledged band member. That's why you don't see a lot of full-fledged members in, in Queen and, you know, because they know they're going to split it. But then you get a guy, Bob Seger. Bob Seger, he paid his band. I think, I don't know what the deal was. Maybe he took half and he split the other half with the band. He made sure his band was paid really well. So, you know, a lot of bands... Uh, and musicians have done that everyone has different philosophies
0: right but when they come to camp so you pay the manager like it's an appearance the band, for the whole they band do the it's not they, like yeah. you negotiate different deals with each no, member no not right. at all
2: if they come as a band they're coming as a band that's cool because they want to be together as a band and they want to do it same thing with Def Leppard now you, you do it all together it's a, what I love about a band as much as Steven Tyler the lead singer disease the bands get split five ways no one gets more that's true I know some bands who do do that, and there's a lot of animosity.
0: There's always breakups, too, when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Songwriters Camp was another one that was really cool. You took Desmond Child, 10 other big singers, essentially. I mean, talk about that one a little bit, Britt. That was amazing. How camp. did the I... idea for that come up? Masterclasses.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We were doing the online masterclasses during COVID, and uh, you know, we had guitar masterclasses, bass, drums, vocals, and then we got into songwriting, mm. and uh, we had Desmond do a songwriting masterclass, a three-part one. That
0: was a fun class. Yep, yeah. you were
3: involved in that one. One. And uh, boy, he spent about an hour With each camper oh, it's crazy. Uh, to, yeah. I mean, they, these were like I think he did a total of nine hours online with us yeah, uh, critiquing people's songs and just breaking it down, talking about titles, talking about rhyme schemes, talking about structures and inspiration and, and giving his past experiences. And we have to say
2: his book is fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yes. And he's got oh, like, that yeah.
3: new book out now, too. So, that yeah, that's how it came about. Wow. Imagine if we did this at a real live rock camp and uh, we had amazing artists, too, like like Lou Harris come in and um, who else did we have? Uh Oh, well,
2: Billy Sheehan came by and he mm. gave a great class on producing. Um, yep. uh,
3: we had. And Marty um, Fredrickson, a, a Fredrickson great writer. So what's the structure
2: of, of a songwriter? How does it, at
0: a rock and roll fantasy camp, for those who don't know, I mean, you're essentially in the rehearsal studio rehearsing with your band most of the day. Then you have Q&As and lunch and, you know, masterclasses. That's classes, a hot question. But, you know, because, <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, the first one, we don't know. You know, we, we, we give the people the stars and we let them do their thing. And as I say in the movie, I let the rock stars do what they want to do. And, and I think Desmond just didn't stop. Just He wanted to hear every song. And he wanted people to listen. But I think what we do now, and, and same thing in the comedy camp, we need to allow more time to have people collaborate with each other and to write with each other. And that's really what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be put four people together, let them write a song together, teach them how to do that and, and get mentored like that. And we're going to do that at comedy camp too and put beginners with beginners in advance with advance. So I think the, you know, from learning, the next camps will just be even better. So we hope to... I, I actually- almost wish it
3: was a week long because it was yeah. like because we, we got all these stars. People were really excited about the idea. They wanted to do it. So we had a bunch of people come in and then yeah, like you said, Desmond wanted to put everybody in the hot seat he called it the hot seat yeah. you know and so it just went by so fast there was so much information that yeah you need to give people the time to digest it and then to flush it out and and have it reflect on their but own but i material. have to say
2: that some great songs were, were presented, mm-hmm. and then we gave them the opportunity to record. Yeah, they went to a recording studio in that famous Nashville studio. That?
3: Yeah, where where it's like you know when, when it was just the single business, you just walk in the studio and you walk out with the single. You it was walk out with like a single. It was yeah. great.
2: They, wow. We had these great guitar players. Oh, we had group.
3: we had all the, uh, the Mason. What was his first name? Yeah, uh, all the the big guys that play on all the hit country records. Oh, cool. and they would
2: hear the song and they would write the notes. And it's called Nashville Notes. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't know that. You walked amazing. out with a you walked out with a song, and with and I pro, have to say musicians. that some of these people who came to that camp wrote some great songs and they, they released them. And... They
3: did. And one cool thing that happened there was this camper Michelle, and yeah. I remember hearing her song when she presented it to Desmond, and he had quite a few comments. And uh, she came back about two camps later to a regular rock camp and performed it live for us. Yeah. and it came. It was such a great song. I mean, and I we saw that progression. Yeah well, that's
2: that's really the fun. To see the progression, see what these people, they all got to bring their songs. Desmond was brilliant. There was some funny stuff and yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. So, yeah, and, you know, he he shared everything, but great material came out of it. And well, we, I, had, we
3: had weird people that were just popping in too. They were just excited about it. Like Emmy Lou Harris said, "Hey, do you mind ooh. if I bring bring a, a plus one with me?" Oh, okay, yeah. sure, no problem. It was Chris Isaac. Chris wow. and he wanted yeah. to come check <laughs> it out. Um, you know, it was just yeah, it was just filled with with awesomeness.
2: That's the fun part about rock camp. You know, we should talk about We've had so many great guests who've brought friends who just, they show up and they they bring their, you know, hey, I'm doing this rock camp. You want to come see what it is and everything like that. So...
3: And you through know. Desmond, Jody Mar came. She did a class, and right. I was just reading a post of hers that she wrote one of the the Taylor Swift songs that's out now and stuff really? like that. We'll so. dev- oh, we'll wasn't she one now. of the
0: producers at the women's camp
3: too? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. it was jo- thank, thank yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Jody Mar
0: yeah, <laughs> was one, one producer. One of them. Yeah, the, yeah we had yeah. another one. Yeah, right. I actually pulled a clip from Desmond's masterclass, not from the songwriting camp, but from the masterclass that well, we did. Well, you're
2: getting the great stuff from the
0: vault. We're getting a I lot of good stuff that. from the vault. Lady, we
3: lost the Alamo. That
0: was my favorite. I'll go back and find
1: that one too gosh all the work that went into writing those songs but also making sure they stayed on the records and you know bugging people to make sure is it is it going to be the first single is it the second single going to be the third single and like katie perry's the fourth single it's still it still made it to number one so um that's what you know it's you know kind of exhausting you know thinking of like that whole you know, 30 year stretch or all that, you know, that uh, Ava Max song is officially my sixth decade of number one songs.
0: So here's a guy who has had six decades of number one songs coming in, working with people that haven't had any hit songs necessarily. How does that go when you put a master with amateurs? They want to
2: teach, you you know, and they want to go on the same level. It's like Joe Perry wanting to jam with somebody. You know, that's brilliant. You know, that, that to me is what Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is unique about. And they want to teach. They want to give. You know, they come to a stage in their life where they've done everything. There's nothing more for them to accomplish, whether it's a hit songs or at the stadium. So now, OK, what's the next thing? The last thing you want to do in life is just give it over. People want to give things over to their kids. They want to give it over to their fans. That's the last thing in life you do is you share. You're not scared anyone's going to steal your ideas. You just... Share your information. So I think that's really what, what it's about.
0: Britt, you recently had a song the I think is it the song that came out with Vixen? Is that the first one since you've been in the band? The first original song that's come out? We
3: had one other original one that came out in twenty eighteen that we did with Michael Wagner, but that was actually written back in the day. So we just but it had never been recorded.
0: Right. So, so songwriting is not easy, right? I mean that's hard. It's hard to actually sit down and write a song. So the fact that we had all these people come and, and play theirs for Desmond Child of all people, that's pretty that's pretty incredible.
3: It is Amazing, and speaking of Desmond, like he, he is an anomaly. How you know, with the changing times, the changing taste, every decade, music tastes change drastically yeah. and you know to keep up with those trends and to that's, be able to That's a big you know, thing Oh yeah
2: with the trend. You know who else was great at that camp Joe Vitale He's written a lot yes. of oh, yeah. song. He had a couple singles in hotel, and in hotel
3: yeah. California He, oh, yeah. uh, he wrote Pretty Maids album and, wow. and he
2: record. went around and worked with everybody in the rooms and I remember we did we've done songwriting I uh, did a songwriting camp with Joe within it camp and right. you know he wrote a song with Susie Wilson that she recorded and many campers have come to camp and Joe's Joe's helped them with their songs and you know, really showing them the structure and they've gone on to record it and their albums. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I like that part when people take the song and they really work at it and they really put the passion into it and the work in it. One song, you don't just write it. They, 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 they go over it and make sure lyrics change and it's really sweet. So do you think songwriting camp will continue? Will we get more of this? Absolutely. Listen, Britt and I, I get frustrated because I keep wanting to create new things and get to new talent. And the hardest thing is getting the talent. Let me be honest here. It's not easy when someone's doing a stadium tour, doing an arena tour, writing a song, to ask them to come be with 60, 70 people. It's a privilege, you know? So whenever you can get them to come, but we send out offers all the time. We tell them we're interested and we go to friends and and, you know, a lot of times it's a friend of a friend and, and you know, people get to know it or they saw the movie. Mm. And we, we love to introduce as many artists, songwriters, women's only camps. We're open to do them all.
0: The most recent specialty camp that's happened, which I mean, is actually outside of the realm of rock and roll fantasy camp, like we said, is comedy fantasy camp. It's a whole new fantasy camp of its own.
2: Yeah. Uh, how did that idea come up? And that came up when I went to promote the movie on Adam Carolla's show. Mm. And he turned to me and said, hey, why are not we doing a comedy fantasy camp? It was great. It was a lot of fun, but it was a difference of clientele. You know, it was a rock and roll fantasy camp. People know their limits and they, they naturally get into playing and writing. Comedy fantasy camp, they showed up and they're performing all of a sudden the improv. And, you know, comedy's harder. I think comedy's harder. And just a different clientele. People came for the right reasons. It was great. And then some people thought they were going to. Get signed, and I said Jay Leno's not doing the Tonight Show anymore. So right, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it was
3: amazing, you know, to get firsthand experience with these huge comics. To ask yeah. them any questions, you know, and and hear their stories about how it was for them. Like Adam Carolla talking about him coming up and being broke and yeah. all the things going wrong in his life before he finally made it. Jay sleeping in his car and all that stuff. So you know.
2: Oh, the the information. You know, yeah. The, you know, one thing about Rock Camp is you're gonna hear it from the best. You're going to hear it from the people. Mm -hmm. I mean, just finished the camp with Mike Portnoy. I mean, every year he gets modern drummers number one drummer oh, yeah. and rejo- rejoin Dream theater i mean yeah i'm anxious to hear his you know his master class and to right. watch him um marty friedman i mean he's flying in from japan yeah and he said to us and a lot of these things we were able to get a lot of these campuses during covid we did these master classes marty friedman said you know i've never done a live camp i'm gonna fly in from japan and do it zach is you know he's done a camp and zach he's, Wilde, done, he's yeah. done a few camps and you know, Zach is also your, your number one. Number, number every one.
3: Guitar World magazine. Yeah, number oh, yeah. one. And then
2: Fantasy Camp. He's a, um, he lives a life rock and roll fan. He got discovered to, to you know, by Ozzy. Yeah, that's and, right. And I mean, his story mm-hmm.
0: is, is a rock and roll fantasy. He was yeah. 19. And, and I mean, for those who don't know the story, Ozzy and Sharon needed a new guitar player and they just, Reached into a box and pulled out a tape, and it was Zach's, and he became their guitar yeah. player. It was. You're right. That's that's a real rock and roll fantasy story. Yeah. And
3: Miles, you were at the first ever yeah. comedy camp, and your mother encouraged you to get up there because yeah. she thinks you're funny. At least somebody your here mother, does. I know. Yeah. Thank your God. Funnier than you. Funny you. I know. Yeah. I know. And that was the deal. You said, "Okay, Mom, I'll do this, but you have to go through it too." Right. And you were both pretty hilarious.
2: Yeah. yeah. And well, it keeps coming up in my reels, you know. And Rudy <laughs> Sarzo loved it too. No, yeah. You should continue it.
0: Yeah. Well, I made a joke about Rudy at it. You know, he's a rock camp counselor. But I think I was telling Brit or I was telling David earlier when I got home from the comedy camp, my brother was like, I would have done a comedy camp. We should find an open mic. I've, and he started showing me things on his notes. He's been writing down jokes for years of what he would. To, he, he doesn't so do comedy. what, your mother's
2: you're the, you know, you're the
0: favorite? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think we already know that.
2: I'm not telling
3: yeah. but... Do you feel inspired now that you would get up and go to an open mic?
0: Yeah, you know, I. How has it changed your perspective? Now that I've actually. I know that I've gone up on a stage and at least gotten some laughs. I know I didn't get dead silence, which was which a, happened, for in me, which it happened, happened in the past which has happened in the past it did happen yeah, you know what that was different that was a rock camp crowd versus a comedy camp crowd that's the different clientele there you know i can get them to laugh at rock camp yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, at the cutting room come on it's it's hard when everyone yeah no you're I think right you there's there no excuse your skills
3: at comedy camp and right. now you know how to do the, the right. delivery well, I, and the rhythm and it's very musical that's one thing that i took out of it as a musician caroline ray who, another one that you just bumped into at the coffee shop. Uh, the I gotta start going shop. to your coffee shop. Yeah. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but <laughs> she <laughs> was just saying how it's uh, Stand-up comedy is musical. It's it's about the note you hit and the inflection in your voice here. And, and do you go up or do you go down? And the rhythm and the cadence and all that.
0: Right. And since we were talking recently about interesting campers that come through camp, we had some interesting campers at the comedy camp. The little couple from TLC oh, came. They came as
2: campers. They were phenomenal. And I got to tell you, talk about, I'm going to leave you this with specialty camps. I got a big one coming. Okay. I think this is going to be the, probably the biggest one and um and we'll save this in the next episodes okay great well guys it's I be record producing wow songwriting oh that'll be cool it's gonna be a
0: great one all right, well, keep, uh, you can sign up for the newsletter at rockcamp.com and Absolutely. stay, stay informed. Absolutely, you
2: should be on that because that's going to sell out the minute we announce it. Uh, wow.
0: Well, I'm excited to hear. I'll ask you off the air. Uh, <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, I think we've covered it all as far as the specialty camps go. I mean, it's such a it's such a great world you guys have created with these things. Thank you. As always, rockcamp.com to keep up with it. Since we're talking about Comedy Fantasy Camp, comedy fantasy comedyfantasycamp.com learn more about comedy fantasy camp because you're planning to do more of those watch the
2: movie and
3: And i just want to throw out if anybody has any questions about what rock camp entails that we didn't answer here feel free to come on our free open house zoom call every tuesday night at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern i'm on there and it's an open forum to ask questions we have past campers giving their experience can meet new campers and just really get a vibe for the community there
2: 5 o'clock on Pacific Standard Time. Go to therockcamp.com. Get a ticket. It's free. Eventbrite ticket and join Britt and all campers and other rock stars and special guests. Yeah.
0: And at the very least, meet Britt Lightning from Vixen on Zoom for free at this thing. That's cool. Well, listen, guys. It's another great episode. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Miles.